0: Hello and welcome to your weekly 5 minutes of intercourse with Dr. Don, because we all need to talk at least a little about sex. (laughs) Let's spend this week's 5 minutes of intercourse on the Bible's many perspectives on marriage. Which reminds me of reason number 254 why I don't have any friends. My response to people when they tell me their definition of marriage is Bible based. Wow! You have over 20 different perspectives on marriage?! Make sure my wife doesn't see this week's video, okay? Oh, we're rolling. This is awkward. The Bible defines marriage as a man and a woman coming together in order to propagate. I guess she can see this part. Often this is the end of the story because it's assumed this is the only perspective on marriage that the Bible takes. Although this is the perspective that people are most likely to be aware of, it certainly is not the only perspective on marriage within the Bible. And in fact, it's not even the most popular referenced perspective on marriage within the Bible. The Bible's perspectives on marriage, communal relationships, and sex are actually quite broad and often contradictory. Now I am no Bible scholar, nor do I play one on TV or on YouTube for that matter, but I know some Bible scholars and they say some pretty interesting things about how expansive the perspectives on marriage and sex are within the Bible. Additionally, one of the most cited and widely accepted dictionaries of the Bible does not define marriage as being between only one man and one woman. Now, it doesn't take a research scholar or scientist to read the Bible and quickly recognize a bunch of it reads like a sex manual. If for no other reason, I encourage you to read it, no matter what your religion is, as opposed to listening to those people tell you what's in the Bible. Hmm... Have I officially become one of those people? Before I share some of the many perspectives the Bible has on marriage, let me do two things. First, let me be clear in saying I know anyone can pick any of the Bible's perspectives on marriage and claim it as being the correct one. That's a person's prerogative, and I have no argument with this. But I also know this would be the person's perspective on what marriage should be, not the Bible's perspective. The Bible itself states many of its perspectives as being the correct ones, even when these perspectives contradict one another. Second, to get us in the mood for quoting scripture, let me share three fun facts about the Bible. The Bible is often incorrectly stereotyped as the book only the Christians use. When, in fact, its first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, are used in three of the top ten most popular religions in the world. Christianity uses these books as part of the Old Testament. Islam uses these books as part of the Quran, And Judaism uses these books to make up the Torah. Now, religious sects sometimes focus on the differences between them and who is right and who is wrong. Welcome to Being Human. But the fact of the matter is, we're all the same at our basis, and even though we fight it, we're a lot more alike than we are different, even within our religions. The Bible took between 1,000 and 1,500 years to write. It was begun between 1450 and 800 BCE and completed in about 200 AD. The Bible has more than 40 authors, most of which are unknown. For example, Job, the oldest book of the Bible, is hypothesized to have been written by an unknown Israelite more than 3,000 years ago. Let's divide the Bible's perspectives on marriage into three categories. The don'ts, the cans, and the have-tos. Don't get married. Why? You'd be better off castrating yourself. Now to To be clear, my wife is not watching this, correct? Don't get married. Why? Because it's immoral. Don't get married. Why? Because you should have the will to stay away from it. Don't get married. Why? Because it involves sex with a woman, which is in itself immoral. If you're a virgin female, don't get married. If you're a non-believer, don't get married. If you are a widower, don't get married. Don't marry a foreigner. If you're currently married to a foreigner, divorce her. A man can have one wife. A man and a woman can marry if they're believers. A man and woman can marry as long as the woman is explicitly subordinate to the man. A man can have lots of wives as long as they're equally treated. A man can have lots of wives and lots of concubines. A man can have a wife and have sexual relations with his slaves. Priests can marry as long as his potential wife is a virgin, not a foreigner, not a prostitute, not a divorcee, and not a widow. A marriage can be determined by slave owners and the slave owners own any children resulting from this marriage. A marriage can be between a soldier and a virgin prisoner of war. A single man has to marry his brother's widow. A married man has to marry his brother's widow. A man and woman have to stay married, especially if your spouse is a non-believer. A man has to cut off his wife's hand if she touches another man's genitals. A rapist has to marry his victim. This is far from an exhaustive list of the many perspectives the Bible takes on marriage. And you may have recognized I've left off of this list probably one of the most popular Bible citations people use to define marriage between a man and a woman. And this comes from Leviticus, in which it condemns death upon having sex with a man as one does with a woman. Why did I not use a Leviticus reference? Well, as I said before, you really need to read the Bible. And if you're into judging others, like determining who gets to be married or not, then you especially need to read Leviticus. However, no, if you use a Leviticus reference to define marriage, then you're also going to have to use the other 75 judgments that Leviticus makes, several of which also come with condemnations of death death upon letting your hair become unkempt death upon tearing your clothes death upon drinking alcohol in holy places death upon cursing your father or mother the purpose of this week's intercourse was not to debate the contents of the bible or the near infinite number of interpretations about it. Instead, this week's purpose was to simply state what is in the Bible. And what is in the Bible makes one point perfectly clear. Sex and marriage demand comprehensive and thoughtful definitions, not narrow-minded ones. Our time is nearly up this week about 3 minutes ago. Let me end with a promise and a question. I promise in the very near future to be sharing with you a scientifically based comprehensive definition of human sexuality. But before I do that, let me ask you a question. Do you think the social structure of marriage is at the basis of our human sexuality or is it simply you? Thanks for watching. If you could rate this video, I'd appreciate it. Like us on Facebook at 5MI Weekly and follow us on Twitter. If you have suggestions about intercourse topics, then leave your ideas in the comment section or send those suggestions on Twitter to at 5MI underscore weekly using the hashtag 5MI Topics. If I use your ideas for an intercourse, then I promise I'll be sending you a free copy of Being, my book on happiness.